Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Look at this passage of Scripture that Paul writes to the Corinthian church. I love this. Let's, let's say it aloud together so we're, you're hearing it inside of you. But of him... You are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And so the old time Pentecostal says, well, glory, it really is. This is, that is, those four things are incredible, but he leads with wisdom. He leads, he wants you to be wise in God and his presence is in you so that you are. Most believers that I know with really struggle with the inadequate feeling of I'm not smart enough, I'm not this, I'm not that, I don't have this in my life. That they, when they move into comparison, which is horrendous. And we forget that this is to all of us He became wisdom for us. And here's the glorious good news. Remember all, like, so I'm a big new covenant guy. So all the old covenant prophets looking to the time when Jesus would come are saying, you know, this is the Lord speaking through them. Behold, I do a new thing on the earth. We keep praying for the new thing, but see, we're we're 2,000 years Past that occurrence, he did it. We spend most of our time asking him to do what he already did. He did a new thing. Would you come and do a new thing in the United States? He did it. That's why the United States is here, is because he did it. Because there are a bunch of people in Europe that believed that and came here because they couldn't express the way he did it, where they were at. Now, I know that that has lots of effect on history and everything. I don't know about history, you know, and I, I don't know everything, but this is what I know. I have wisdom from God. Don't tell me I'm a dummy and don't treat me like I'm a dummy. Don't let anybody treat any of you like you're dumb. You are not dumb. You hear me, young guys? You are not dumb, especially if you have Christ in you. Of him, you are in Christ Jesus. That means wisdom is there. Have you ever done stuff and gone, I don't know why I knew how to do that. I just did that. Have you ever had those? No? Three of you. Come on, somebody else nod. Give me some, you know. I have decided to do something, not just quickly. Sometimes it took a long time. And did it and went, I don't understand how I knew to do that, but that was the right thing. Have you ever been shocked by what God's doing in your life? Very real, like I have, listen, my whole life's been like that. I've had tons of stories, interruptions in God's life. When God interrupted my life over going to Ireland back in the mid-90s, it's, I don't know, mid-90s, I'll just do that. That was a long time ago. You know, New Day's got a 15-year birthday coming up in September. So God pulled me into the whole thing with Northern Ireland and everything. 
But when he first interrupted me with it, I had people, strangers, come up to me in the store and say, this is going to be really weird, but I'm getting ready to go to Ireland, and I felt like I was supposed to ask you if you knew anything about it. You know, it was the mic drop, you know? Total out of the blue. And you're going, what? That person had no idea that I had spent the year reading 18 books on Irish history because they didn't know anything about them because I'm German. You know, and they, I, I knew you too, and I knew it was like on the right-hand side of England, and I knew they had a lot of trouble. I knew that Irish drank too much. I knew all the, all, all the normal stuff that we know, you know, and, and uh, gangs of New York, you know, this is what people in America thought about Ireland and Irish people and all that. Yeah, and some stranger asks you, you go, what? That's the wisdom of God. Trying to get others to, ah, and, and touch your life. So this is a really important, this week, take this passage of scripture and start praying wisdom that the revelation of the wisdom of God in you would start showing itself to you. See what happens. And then, now, this gets really sad. righteous. I'm as righteous as I'll ever be. I'm a righteous man on the earth. I don't have to get righteous. I am righteous because he became that inside of me. I am a righteous man. That means I am in right standing with God, but I can choose right standing every day of my life. I can choose the right thing. Sanctification. I'm not going to get more holy. I'm holy. He's my sanctification, not me getting sanctified. He has become, look what it says, you are in Christ Jesus who is your, I didn't know I was going to do this, sanctification. And you don't have anything to ever worry about. This is the eternal security one. You're redeemed. Redeemed. I'm going to heaven and so are you. You'll have to put up with me there. I will come to your little mansion and knock on your little door. Hi, remember me? That we all might glory in God together. And this wonderful, it's open to every person. No, no discrimination, no age, no race, no nothing. We could go through the whole list this morning. Nothing hinders it. Amazing. That wasn't the message for this morning. It's about wise decision making. So look at this. We've been looking at wisdom, and I really appreciated what Brenda said last week. But look at this passage of Scripture, because you have to understand something. Wisdom and humility are the bicycle pedals on the bike that you're riding of life. Humility and wisdom work together. They're they're harmonious. And that... uh, Really arrogant people don't come off sounding wise even if they have some wisdom. You know, a funny thing about arrogant people is arrogant people don't know that they're being arrogant. That's what makes them arrogant. So when you say to them, you're being arrogant, they go, what are you talking about? They can't say, because there's not humility there. Um, Christians do the flip and deny everything and it's kind of a reverse pride thing oh it wasn't me it wasn't me it was all god yeah it was god in you it was you it was you 
It was you. God was working in you. It was you, and that was wisdom. So humility is recognizing who you are in Christ. That's the true definition of humility. Not more, not less. So look at this passage of Scripture. Uh, And understanding that when these two, when you're on the bike and you're pushing those two pedals of humility and wisdom, you're finding God's will. That's the way to find, all of us struggle with in decision making, what is God's will for this? Remember that a humble heart is open. It doesn't believe it knows everything, but I know some things. Don't you? A humble heart displays empathy. If somebody else doesn't get it, you're not better than them. And maybe they got something you don't. Watch out for this. Uh, And we're going to look at this in the coming weeks. But actually, what are the characteristics of a foolish person? And and it's this, that uh, a person who is pedaling the bike with wisdom and humility, they display empathy. They understand because they too grew and they know where they've come from. So in humility, you go, oh, and they listen well. They, they empathize. They speak carefully. Um, so I've been doing this. It's been really hard right now, really hard. Watching for patterns of critical speech in my life that would display to me that I'm not walking in wisdom and humility. And I've been a little critical. And it's funny, when you get critical in one area, it's really interesting how it starts going into a whole lot of other areas. It, it's sort of like, a, you know, it's like when you spill a jug of water. It doesn't, like, just stay in one place. Or when you start pouring it out, it'd be nice if, it would be so easy to clean up if when you spill the water, it just stayed right Right there, you know, like the size of a glass. But instead, when it's poured out, it just makes all kinds of wetness. Really, the critical thing is not about so much about circumstances, how you view things, uh, but it really lends itself to how you view others. So I want to invite you into something. Look at 1 Peter 5, 5. So you'll, I'll let you put it in context. You can read what it says in the, in the previous verses in Peter. It says, likewise, you younger people. I get to say that to everybody in this room. Okay? Uh-huh. Got a lot of years. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, if there's any, I don't teach equations anymore, but I will tell you this. You want to see grace in your life? Humble yourself to God. Humble yourself to other people. 
He says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who is your adversary? It's the devil. That's... It really is. Our adversary probably isn't people. Now, he can use people, but our adversary is not people. It says he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And this way he says, here's wisdom. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Humble people have a teachable heart. They don't know it all. They know how to be quiet more than how to talk. So how do you find then ways to make really good decisions? Because that's what everybody's facing right now. Big things, little things, we're, we're all trying to make decisions. Now, this isn't an edict, and this is not Lloyd shooting you. This is Lloyd inviting you. These are things that I've seen in my, in my years of things that I could, uh, the Bible has, a, has a, a whole pattern for this, especially in the, in the Old Testament. These are the ancient landmarks where I put down a stone and said, That's, that was God. Do you have those in your life? Things that occurred that you knew was the Lord and it led you into something. And then you can hang on to that and let it lead you in along other things. That's what this was for me. This is how, through God, I've had the wisdom to be a wise decision maker. And he has saved my bacon plenty of times. And he's led me into some of the most <gasps> stuff I've ever, I could have ever imagined. Um, and, the, and where he has sent me and what he's walked me through and going, uh, you know, oh my, seriously, if you knew what, I was just up there, if you knew what it was like to come from Janesville, Iowa, from a family in the town whose dad was the town drunk in a town of less than a thousand people, and all the stuff that went with that and how I grew up and the shame that I grew up with. And then imagine, imagine that same kid who couldn't even give a speech in school, speaking in front of others. <laughs> Those were my speeches. You know, when you had to give the speech in sixth grade or you had to do the show and tell, I would skip school. I would beg my mom and she would write me notes so I didn't have to stand up in class and do it. So that kid, and then I'm sitting, not that many years later, I'm sitting when I'm 29, 30, 31 years of age with a governor of the state on one side of me and the Senate majority leader on the other side, and I'm leading a meeting where there's 12 other leaders at that, and they're deciding what would be really good for that state. I'm going, oh, God. What are you doing with me? It wasn't a haughty thing. It was, I was scared out of, 
out of my skin because he took in wisdom. He used me in a way that you wouldn't think possible. That's why you have to get in touch with the wisdom of God. He wants to use every believer to the fullest. So these are some of the patterns that I learned. The first one is, duh, seek God when you don't know what to do. But most, a lot of people forget it. Think of what Jeremiah 33, 3 says. Ask of me, this is a time when Jeremiah is like at his lowest of lows. Prisoned, trashed by the government, you name it. And God says, ask of me and I will show you marvelous things that you don't know. Woohoo! Me? Lloyd from Janesville, Iowa? Tim from Pratt, Kansas? Yes! Ask of me and I'll show you incredible things that you don't know yet. You know what an invitation from God. When we seek God, God actually wants to give you um, its hints and there's, there's a journey in it. If you look at Matthew 7, 7, we all know this one well. Ask and it will be seek, knock, but listen to the rest of it. For everyone, this is Anybody wants to do this. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to whom knocks, it will be open. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Ask him. First of all, you get to call him father. Can you imagine at this point in time, Jesus saying this to a group of Jews who don't believe that God is a father. They have no revelation on it. He is not referred to in scripture as that. He is not honored that way. Matter of fact, his name is so holy that if you speak it or write it, you have to leave stuff out. They don't go daddy. They don't go, oh, my father. They don't get that. We do. And then look what Jesus responds. If you ask me for something, you think I'm going to smack you upside the head and go, get away from me, kid. So I'm not like that. He's revealing his character and nature. Jesus is displaying who the father is. If you ask me, I'm going to respond to you. You may not like the answer, he didn't say what the answer was. He said, if you ask, I'm, I'm going to tell you. We don't like being told no. We're like Bart and Lisa Simpson when they want the pony. Remember that? Oh, you guys don't watch the Simpsons, do you? Anyway, they have to go to Homer to get a horse, right? Lisa wants a pony. And so they, they stand in front of Homer going, can we have a horse, Dad? He says, No. And they keep saying it. Can we have a horse, Dad? Can we have a horse, Dad? Can we have a horse, Dad? And they finally trick him, and he ends up saying yes and going, don't, like that. Now, that isn't this. But you see, they know, believe it or not, Homer's actually, I know he's portrayed mostly as a bumbling idiot, but do you know that God always wins in The Simpsons? He always does. 
He always wins in The Simpsons, even uh, through the preacher, uh, the character. He, he comes out on top. When Bart sells his soul, he comes out, God comes out on top. Isn't that amazing? We miss that. Seek God. Ask him. Next thing to do, after you ask God about something, say you're, you're getting ready to make a, make a big decision. Listen to what other people say about it. That's the humility thing. Tell a few people what you're thinking, what you're asking God about. God gives wise counsel through other people. Ask your friends to help you evaluate it. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm, I'm not sure it's right. I, I'm, I'm thinking, about, thinking about moving to Denver, and it's a big move. Here, Proverbs 11 says this, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So humility in wisdom decision-making means that I need others. I can't do this alone. Proverbs 15, verse 22, without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they're established. Your plans can go, somebody can challenge you on that. Husbands, listen to your wives. Get their counsel. Wives, listen to your husbands. Get their counsel. Daughters, listen to your parents. Parents, listen to your daughters. Listen to your sons. Listen to your offsprings. Listen listen to the people around you. And this is what I always do when it's like getting the counsel of others. I pick somebody that I know is really tough with decision-making who's going to ask me every hard question. Why? Because I, I want that point of view. I may not agree with them, but I, want, I don't want just everybody. I don't want yes people around me. I want somebody who's going to go, nah, it's not a good idea, and challenge the way I think. Next thing is this. Here's the third one. I want to invite you into this. Look at your personal history in God. This has helped me over and over and over again. When I was 18, I did not make good decisions. The results of that was I learned to make better decisions. The bad judgment I used led to an experience, and that experience led me to good judgment. Trust me, if you beat your face up on a guy's fist... You will learn not to get in bar fights. It just doesn't work very well. You ain't doing that anymore. Look over. Navigating life and decision making. Have you ever rowed a boat? Anybody? Have you ever like been in a rowboat and actually rowed a boat? Not a canoe, a boat. Rowing a boat is much like what I'm talking about because you sit in the boat backwards to go forwards. Huh? You sit facing the back of the boat when you row it because it's really hard to row like this. You row pulling. So you pull and the boat moves forward. But what's really interesting is while you're sitting in the boat, you know what the destination is. Now, remember, I grew up around the river so a river has current in it. So when I picked a spot on the other side of the river that I wanted to go to, 
I had to watch very carefully. So much of decision-making is like this. Look back over your past decisions and glance forward and keep rowing. Look over what God's done. You can see clearly. It's all right there. And then glance over your shoulder. Keep going. Glance over your shoulder. Keep going. And you're looking ahead, but you understand your past. Don't get stuck with the past, or guess what? If you don't ever glance over your shoulder, you're going to miss it. You're not going to go where you thought you were going. Because that current will steer you right downstream. And so it, it's literally this. It's Romans 8.28. Over your past decisions, and this is where I had, like, when I was younger, I used to write them down. Because they were my, we know God works all things. They were my Romans 8.28. God worked all things together for my good. Well, what did he do? What did I do? How did I get there? Those are questions I asked myself. And then I got on this kick of looking at David's life. David, the story of Goliath is really interesting. You know, everybody talks about how how little he was and how big the giant was and everything. But listen, this kid had chutzpah. You know, first of all, you should realize what the motive was. He, a- he asked what will be given to the person who takes this guy out. And they said the hand, you know, the daughter of the king. And he went, I'm in. <laughs> he he kind of liked the idea of being the king's son-in-law. So we go, all of his motives were pure. Mm. It says it was pleasing in his eyes. <laughs> so she must have been pretty special. But the other thing is this. When it recounts of why he had the courage to take out Goliath, it's because God gave him the strength to take out the lion and the bear. Now there's a pattern there of looking over your past testimonies. A lion didn't overwhelm me. God was with me and he helped me defeat the lion. If he helped me defeat the lion, he can help me defeat Goliath. And don't let Goliath become overwhelming. Look at your past decisions. Next thing you need to do, this is another duh, but you need to hear it. Read your Bible. That's not a should, that's an invite. You will not make good decisions without your Bible. We have something that is so particularly precious over the past 400 years of Christianity that they didn't have before, and so we should be way wiser people. Check your Bible. It's a must. Most believers would say that the Bible holds answers, but if you don't read and don't know how to do that, you will, if you don't know how to search for an answer, you don't find it. You read your Bible and go, I get it. Well, when you keep reading, you get it. So, I'm telling lots of stories from the past, and I'll do this one, and then we'll do one more thing. When I started working at the House of Representatives in the past, and I was, I was already like a, what we called back then, a radical believer. Like, I was a Jesus guy. And uh, how they hired me, I'll never know, because I was obnoxious. Well, for me, obnoxious. But the struggle of the spiritual warfare was overwhelming to me. When you're working in a place of power and decision-making 
and what you say could literally affect millions of people, there's a little bit of anxiety with that. And then there's a lot of yuck, because there's a lot of people who wanted to give money and or other things in order to get you to say certain things to other people so that they would agree and sign off on it. Lots of pressure. It's still going on today. Lots of pressure. And I was driving in, and it was, I'd been working there about, oh, probably a little over a year. And it was especially a heightened time. And, uh, and I was making the seven, we'd gotten a new place, and I was making the 17-mile drive in, so I had time to pray in the morning. And I just started asking, guys, I need some wisdom on this. How do I effectively do this? And all of a sudden, it was just like, ping. you remember the old Ford commercial, has a better idea, the light bulb came out? And it was about the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit spoke six words inside of me. But they were, matter of fact, it shocked me because I was, I, now I'm driving real slow because there was only one freeway in that city at that point in time. And so I actually got my notepad out and did a bad thing. I started writing down because the Holy Spirit speaking to me about the word of God said six things. He said, read, heed, hide, plead, stand, flee. And I went, what, what, what? I flipped, you know, pulled out a notebook. I said, say it again, please. He was kind enough to say the six things to me again. And then I studied them out. But it's with the word of God. Listen, if you want to make wisdom decisions, read your Bible. It's really simple. If you really want to get wise, heed what it says. That means give give the act of obedience to it going, yes, this is true. You're give, to heed something, you're affirming that that is accurate. Next thing to do is hide it. Think of the Psalms. Your word I have hidden my heart. That what? Well, not sin against you. It's so clear. He said, hide it there. Hide it. This is going to help you as you navigate these decisions. And then plead. You plead just like an attorney pleads. Plead the word of truth. Plead the reality of who you are. Plead the very things that we talked about in the beginning. The wisdom of God. I am this. That's pleading it. You're agreeing with what God says when you're pleading it. And the other thing is stand. Stand on the truth. Stand in the word of God. It says, having, having done all, everything to stand, stand therefore. And that literally, today that means I'm a Jesus person. That's literally what it's got to mean for us. Listen, they're going to try and get us to fudge and move away from this and be okay and be one thing or another and be this for that and that for this. I'm a Jesus person. Christ lives in me. Christ, the hope of glory. I have the answer they need. That's wisdom. And they're going to try and take the word from our mouth so that we can't say that. Who are they? I don't know, whoever the they are. Ain't going to let anybody do it. I'm a Jesus guy. You guys have heard me for 10 years now. I'm a grace guy. I'm going out in grace. I believe in this stuff. And the other thing is flee. Flee. Here's what it tells you to flee. 
sin in one form or another. Get away from it. Can it steal your salvation? No. Can it affect your relationship with God? No. Can it affect how you see your relationship with God? Yes. It will mess you up because it will mess up other people. So Paul was clear. Get away from it. See, we think we have to flee from devils and stand against sin. It's just the opposite. Stand against devils, flee from sin. Get away. That's the feet don't fail me now. Get out of there. Get away from it. Leave it alone. Its design is to destroy. Okay, next two things. I'll do them very quickly. Are you a spirit person? Come on. So Holy Spirit live in you. Okay, then this. Remember we talked about from James, there is spiritual wisdom, supernatural wisdom. So it's literally this. Whenever I'm trying to do a big decision, I ask the Lord to send a spiritual confirmation that normally has come in the form of people. I will overhear a conversation. I will hear something preached. I will get talk to somebody or overhear two kids or somebody will come up directly to me and say something about it and I don't tell anybody what it is the decision I'm trying to make and I say Lord send somebody that gives some sort of confirmation that I'm on track here every big decision I will tell you this without faith I'm in the midst of that right now over a decision over something actually there's three things and I'm just going, I'm not, I'm not making a decision until I get a confirmation. Because that's the pattern I've seen in my life. Without fail, somebody will come up to me and say, I had a dream about you last night. Oh, really? What is it? And I try to hear and discern whether it had anything to it. You know, if it's I'm the best thing since sliced bread, I go, eh, need something more specific than that. You know? Um, I mean, what, one time a guy came up to me and he prophesied over me. He said, I see a gold coin over your head. God's going to bring money into your life. And as he's saying it, the Lord says, there's a price on your head. He interpreted it one way, and the way I interpreted it was right. They was out to get me. He took it off right there, and it helped me in the decision-making. So he thought he was doing this incredible thing and prophesying wealth into my life, and he... What he saw was real. He just misinterpreted it. I actually got to see what was real. The Lord let me know. Ask for supernatural, you know, a confirmation in your life. Jesus, show me. Holy Spirit, send somebody. And here's the other thing. Last thing. Slow down. Let me do it at 33 and a third. Slow down too many people and many of it fools foolish decisions are done with ready aim shoot did I say that right ready shoot aim shoot aim ready especially with this we shoot our mouths off that's a term listen when you're making decisions 
Make your plans, get ready. Here's what the word of God says. A, a, a wise king before he goes to war does what? Counts the cost. Count the cost and all that. But then uh, you're going to hit something. And if you don't aim, you may not hit the thing that you meant to hit. Slow down. Um, this is going to be really weird uh, example today. Any, any of you go to a firing range and shoot weapons or anything like that? Good. They will tell you this, is, and you check me if I'm wrong. We haven't met yet. I'm Lloyd. We oh, my God. I've not seen you for 20 years. Welcome, honey. Um, when you're at a firing range, they will first tell you when you when you're, have a target ahead of you, they'll talk to you about breathing. To slow down. Slow down. To aim, you have to slow down. Say, take a breath. Don't hold your breath. If you're going to hold it, wait till you exhale it to hold it. Now carefully. And then slowly, most people don't understand this about weapons. You don't go, we see that in all the movies. Well, they're not hitting anything. You slowly, slowly pull the trigger back. Not quickly. Slowly. Listen, when it comes to your decisions, slow down. If they have to have an answer by 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, just tell them no right then and there. No. And tell them the real stuff. I got to go pray. I have to go pray about this. I need to get some counsel on this before I decide to buy that vehicle. Before I decide to move. Slow down in your heart. Time is in God's hands. That means your time is in God's hands. This is making sense? Slow down. Don't be quick to decisions. Okay, th this is what I prayed. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. As I pray for President Trump, and you can ask Brenda when we pray together, most of my prayers is that he would be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Uh, not just because it's him, not because it's Trump, whoever the president is, we want somebody who isn't slow down, slow down. And then you can do that for all leaders that are in authority over you. Just pray that prayer, bless them with that prayer, that the spirit would cause them to slow down, quit making these quick decisions you don't, even, you don't even know how many, what the, how the outcome of that is yet. How can you know? And you just, I'm watching them do that now, and I'm going, stupid. And then I get critical, and then I go. Can I pray this for you this morning? Just that the spirit of wisdom, somehow in the weakness of my words, that the spirit of wisdom would enter into you right now. Remember, it's Jesus. He has become wisdom. He has become wisdom for you. He's your wisdom. You are a wise mama. Oh, my Father, let wisdom enter into our thought life, into the patterns of, 
of what we feel, our emotions. It's so easy to be led by my emotions right now. I pray that wisdom would enter in, would track through the course of each one of our beings, that your union with us would be so powerful that every time fear and anxiety comes up, the wisdom of God would come up higher. I pray that for each of us. I pray that especially for parents and grandparents right now. I pray that for the children that are in this time. And we, we cover them with this prayer that there would be a no fear zone for them, that they wouldn't have to have anxiety. As schools are making decisions, Lord, give wise decision-making into those people who lead our schools. And finally, Lord, we do this together. We put down the flag of trust. Say this with me. I will trust you, God. You gotta say it with more conviction than that. I will trust you, God. Unshakable. See yourself putting a flagpole into, into the earth of your life. I will trust you, God. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless you.